Welcome everybody to our Planting the Seeds meeting where we're kind of um, working it out as we go along. I think it's called emergence, but hopefully as a result of this meeting, you're going to get to know us better as the board and um, we're going to be able to tell you what we're doing and where we're going and you're going to be able to participate too in the theme around what transformation means, because it's no good us telling you what transformation means. You have to work it out for yourselves, right? So, so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to start the process of what it means for us all to be personally transformed and then to bring that and make that part of our center. So um, going away from the program, we're going to start with a mind movie, and the reason we're starting with that is because of the technical screw-ups that we've already encountered. So we're going to start with the mind movie, which I think Reverend Patrick has made available to us, and so it helps to explain some of the transformational process that is possible. And then um, I'm going to give you a little spiel about who I am and what I've done since March. And these guys are gonna give you a little spiel about what they've done since March. And really it's been a huge effort on the part of all of us. And I can't, I can't emphasize that enough. It's not about any one of us individually, it's together. We feel that we've been able to take something uh, by the tail and start to make it what we think it can be for everybody. So it's been a huge learning and growth experience for all of us, and we're excited. So I hope you are too. So okay, we're gonna start with the Mind movie. Thanks, and I believe we have Reverend Patrick to thank for putting that together. You all know the incredible value of things like mind movies, you know, they, if you watch them often enough and you've put it together, it starts to change the patterns and synapses in our brain and um, it can be a very valuable process. So, yeah, I think it was pretty moving. Leaves me with a lot of goosebumps. So anyway, I'm Jennifer Bowerman and I, right now I'm the president of the Center for Spiritual Living, president of the Board of Trustees, and I've been in that position since, May, uh, since March. And, you know, I've been coming to the center for about five or six years. It's been kind of an interesting journey. I was introduced here by my friend Marilyn, who was suffering from cancer. And I think she thought, you need this, Jennifer. You're kind of, you can be depressed. Yeah. I know what that's like. So I started coming here, and it kind of started to change me a little bit, so I kept on coming, and um, you know I've kind of begun to grow with the center, and I've I've really liked that. And so becoming president was, well, it was a surprise, because uh, <laughs> I ha certainly hadn't been expecting it, but it's been a really great learning experience for me. So I'm really grateful for that. Uh, the other thing I learned when I started coming to the center just shortly afterwards was the value of giving. And um, I started, I was earning, I have to say, you know, earning quite a lot because I was teaching full-time in a teaching full, full position and I'm kind of getting old. So the government starts to pay you back when you get old. So <laughs> and you know, you get old and your kids are grown up. So I started to tithe and um, it was a huge learning experience for me, actually, because it was a decision that I made that I would always give 10% of whatever came in. And I realized that it's not about who you give to, it's what the giving does to you. So it kind of started to change who I am. It's like you know throwing a stone in a lake. It, the ripples start to go out. So th that, too, has been pretty big for me, just learning about that. And when I became... Uh, president, I realized that we were pretty relationally deficient. Um, we didn't always, I mean, I didn't know anybody on the team anyway, so we were relationally um, insufficient, let's put it that way. And we had a few things to work out and to learn as we 
went along. And so we started, I, you know, it's very easy to lean too much on the same old people. And we were leaning really heavily on Patrick and Laura. And that's hard on someone, um, not only to work full time, 40 hours a week uh, at a place like this, but then to be leaned on for the rest of the hours in the week. And they were beginning to show the strain. And we re I realized that we, I wanted a board that was a team. You know, and I, I, I say it jokingly to people, there's no I in team. But we had to learn to work together and, you know, be able to see our thorns and our faults and love them because that's really in part what the Q process is, not only learning what our own shadows are, but also learning about the shadows in other people and bringing them all into the light. So I'm happy that um, we have, relatively speaking, completely speaking, been able to do that. I mean, I'm really proud that we're a team. And we make decisions and we go over and we spend a whole bunch of time, believe me, working out what we're doing and why we're doing it and where we're going. And we have to spend a whole bunch of time listening to each other. But it's, we're moving and I'm excited and I think everybody else is on our, on our board. And we're, we're still recruiting, by the way. So if you're interested in being a board member, we're interested in talking to you. Um, so uh, since March, I mean, you know, I've always been pretty ego-driven. I'm learning to leave my ego at the door. It's a we group, and it's a we thing that we do together here. So, um, but I have been able to contribute some leadership, I think, in the sense of emphasizing the value of teams and teamwork. You know, and, and the first thing is you've got to put that into your vocabulary, your language, right? So, so it was important that not just I thought that we could start operating as a team, but everybody here could start operating as a team. And, you know, I'm, I'm so proud to see you all wearing my buttons uh, because uh, caring, sharing, and loving was, was my idea. But thanks to Dale over there, who's been so active in our marketing, she designed the buttons. And I, I just think that's who we are. We're a caring, sharing, and loving community, and we're building. And so that's really valuable for me. So I offered a certain amount of leadership. Certainly, I didn't want a board where we just came to meetings, then went home, then came back the next month, then went home. You know, I wanted a meeting where I wanted a, a, a board where we wanted, where we felt like we were, we were spreading and, and using our gifts to the best of our ability. So what have I personally contributed? Well, I've worked really hard with Laura at rewriting our board policies. Because it was really essential to me that policies be enforceable. What's the point of having a policy manual when nobody ever looks at it? So policies had to be enforceable. They had to be clear. Um, we had to get rid of the redundancy in them because there was a lot of repetition. And they had to reflect our current context and relevance. So we did that. And we've finished now. It's been a big effort. Um, we have to realize, and you know, I, I was hardwired into as a bureaucrat. I've spent much of my life being a bureaucrat in government for the Human Rights Commission and the safety codes. Uh, Department of Labor under safety codes, et cetera, et cetera. And so I, I had to realize that life isn't a bureaucracy, even though we're often default to being ruled from above, we don't like it when we are. So um, I didn't want our contract to reflect bureaucratic procedures, because I think they hinder who you are. But I did want um, policies that are, you know, we have to be governed by what's right. So we are governed um, by a, a principles of personal privacy, um, FOIP, Human Rights Act, you know, all of those things that come down from government that determine what you have to be as a nonprofit formal organization. So I made sure that those are there. Um, I've attended finance meetings. Oh, well. 
It's hard enough me balancing my own bank account without balancing or working on offering my two cents worth for the, uh, the center. But at least I know what's going on. And at least I've learned to understand the financial statements and go to the important parts. So that's been pretty time-consuming, but a learning experience. Um, we've, you know, I just want to say that we've got some great people here, and they've helped us all um, reclaim the strategic plan. You know, we had a lot of documents in this center that were in the basement collecting dust. We've brought them all out. We've blown the dust away and they're in the process of being reclaimed, which has taken a lot of effort and work on our part. Um, I wanted us to be a great attractor as a center. So, yeah, I've offered my leadership, and I've offered my policy work, and I do think that change starts with small seeds, and I think one of the small seeds is, is a board that really uh, works together and can talk about we as though it's a real we. And so I'm just really grateful to all of you for um, being here and supporting us as a board. And um, I didn't tell you anything about my story except that I've been coming here for five years. Obviously, I speak with a funny accent. In Britain, where I was born, they think I'm an American. Here, they think I'm either Australian or South African. No, I'm, I have this funny accent, but I pick up accents wherever I am. So, so you know that most of my formal life was, was in the UK. And so um, that's why I speak funny. Anyway, I'm now going to turn it over to uh, my vice president, our vice, your vice president and chair, Dwayne. And Dwayne's done some amazing things, and it's great to work with him. Well, thank you. I am Dwayne Baker Henderson. Oh, thank you. Um, and the first thing I'm going to do is just announce a change in the, uh, the order that we're going to speak here. We're going to bring Darren up right after Steve, because we like his name tag, and we want you guys to see it. That's not why. We just really like him. Um, anyway, so my story is... Uh, I don't know how typical for people that come to the Center for Spiritual Living, but uh, I grew up in a family that uh, kind of disintegrated when I was young. And uh, part of what my mom's uh, journey was during that time was looking for a spiritual outlet, looking for somewhere to belong, somewhere where she felt supported. And so we went from church to church to church to church when I was a little kid. And uh, what that built in me is a real dislike for church. And, uh, and I, it, the, the messages never felt like they fit. They never felt like they were part of what was true for me. And, uh, and so I didn't like church. Uh, and so it's strange that I'm on the board for what most people would think of as a church. Uh, I don't think of the center as a church. To me, it's the center. It is my spiritual home. And the reason I'm here is because my wife, Corey, was kind of doing the same thing my mom did when I was a kid. She was looking for a place to fit in and feel uh, the sense of community. And I came with her because I'm a good husband. <laughs> and the first time we came, uh, the message, I didn't really get it. Um, it didn't resonate with me that first time. But for some reason, we came again about three months later, and it clicked in me. And uh, it started to feel kind of like that old pair of pajamas or a t-shirt or something you've had for a long time that you just love and it feels really comfy and it feels like, you know, you could just live your whole life in that. And, uh, and so that's, that's kind of how I got to see the center. It's, it's somewhere where I feel at home. And uh, a big part of that is the community that's here. But I love the message as well. Um, before coming here, I used to tell my wife anyway that I was a cloudist because I believe we were all part of one big energy cloud that kind of moved together and created together. And I felt weird because I'd never heard anybody talk about this before. And then I came here and I found out that my words were just wrong and that that's the truth, but I just didn't know how to explain it. So that's how I got to be here. And, uh, and it's been great ever since. And my family loves coming here. Uh, my wife isn't here today because she decided that doing laminate was the thing she wanted to do today. 
but, uh, but we all feel great here. My son went to the, the teen weekend uh, last weekend and had a blast. He had such a good time. Thank you, Alicia, for that. And my daughter loves to come and listen to the music and just feel the energy here. So this is definitely our spiritual home as a family. Um, now, why I'm on the board is, uh, is actually kind of Reverend Tammy's fault. She, I don't know if you know this, but she did a talk about a year and a half ago where she was talking about listening to the little voice that spoke to her. Uh, it kind of led her in the direction that she should be going. And at that time, I really wanted to get involved. I had done a couple of things where I helped clean up and things like that at some of the events. But um, there was a call from stage soon thereafter that they were recruiting for the board. And a part of me said, yeah, that's, I need to do that. But then I never acted on it, but it nagged at me, just like the little voice was nagging at you, Reverend Tammy. Um, and then about three or four months later, out of the blue, Reverend Patrick asked me if I would join the board. And of course, well, yeah, this is what I wanted to do. So, so I signed up and went through the interview process, and lo and behold, I was put on the board and somehow elected to be the vice chair. Um, and it has been great. Um, it's been transformational for me just being on the board. There was a big enough transformation coming to the center, but then being able to get to know this group of people the way that you do when you're on the board has been amazing. And uh, I've had some health challenges this year. September, October were not great. But the support I got from the board and from the community here has been phenomenal, beyond what I would have imagined. It's been fantastic. And I feel really good, and I'm really happy to be on the board and be back. I missed a couple of meetings, about two months worth of, uh, worth of board work. And uh, came back when they were in full swing of going through strategic planning and all kinds of really heavy things. So I had to catch up. And uh, I feel really caught up. I feel great. I think we're going to wonderful places with the center. Um, the the uh, mission-centric uh, ministry is a phenomenal idea for the center. I hope you all kind of investigate what it's all about. We'll tell you a little bit over the next four meetings. Um, but uh, it, it means uh, sustainability for the center long term, which is really exciting. Um, now, what I've done while I've been on the board, uh, Rudy and I made up the communication committee thus far. So we've been involved in tons of talks about how to communicate um, better with the members, with the, the community in general, and to people outside the walls. Um, we're thinking outside the box. Not everybody who is getting the message from the Center for Spiritual Living needs to be here on Sunday. There's ways that we can reach out through the internet, through video, through lots of different things to build that community so that we are transforming people, not just in here on Sundays and during the week, but outside in the outside world. So we've talked about that quite a bit. Um, we've done some member updates. Uh, those started where we sent uh, emails out to the members. They stopped when I st got sick and couldn't do anything. Uh, we'll start those up again uh, now that I'm feeling a lot better. We've talked about signage. We've talked about um, changing our website, making it more current, making it more effective so, um, so that it's actually doing stuff, not just sitting there having old information on it. Uh, we've talked about utilizing social media to build the community here, uh, again, outside the walls and inside the walls. Um, Rudy actually talked a long time ago about this particular meeting, so we had some conversation about that. And I'm so glad that you're all here to, uh, to hear us all talk about what's going on and who we are and to get to know us a little bit better. Um, there is a lot going on in the background that will be laid out in the next four weeks or four meetings. Um, like I said, been to lots of marketing meetings. It was great getting to know Dale a little bit. Um, we've had a couple of meetings with uh, outside service providers for creating videos that might be effective for, uh, for what we want to do to share the message, for changing the whole web presence, making it work as uh, not just information um, dissemination, but also gathering information about potential members and bringing people in as well. Um, we all worked on the fourplex sale, which was a huge thing. And I've also touched on policy as well. I've read the policy manual probably 
more times than anybody but Jennifer, I would imagine. Um, and as far as the future for the center, what I would like to see is just the energy that I feel here every Sunday, just going out into the world and affecting thousands and thousands and thousands of people, not just in the local area, but all around the world. I think that's entirely possible. The message here is so amazing. And, uh, and also growing the people that come to these meetings, having more and more members and people who are buying into the Center for Spiritual Living as an entity and becoming part of it and, uh, and helping out to, to build it and grow it and share the message. So that's my vision for the Center. And that's pretty much the rest that I'm going to say. I'll bring up Steve Sandy now to, uh, to share what he's going to share, which is likely going to be a lot. <laughs> anyway, Steve Sandy. Uh, thanks, everybody, for showing up today. Um, my name is Steve Sandy. Uh, I've been involved with the Centre since about 2013. I came uh, to the first trip of, uh, to Brazil with uh, Dr. Reverend Patrick, and that was a great experience, and got to know him and Laura down in, uh, or him primarily down in Brazil, and then started to attend uh, on and off here at the Centre. Been fully engaged at the center since um, would have been August. I uh, was recruited to be part of the board of trustees, and I'm I'm pretty pretty grateful to be here for, for that. A little bit about my background: uh, ten years in the food service game. I was a chef by trade. Owned my own restaurants, catering companies. Uh, ten years as a general contractor. Had my own construction companies. Uh, five years in financial services. Five years in procurement. Um, for a large industrial company in Western Canada. Um, I'm a, a self-starter, highly motivated, determined to make a difference. Uh, recently, I spent 10 years with the Boy Scouts as a leader and a chairperson in St. Albert. And uh, through that organization, I was able to uh, go out there and raise a ton of money and get a whole bunch of kids to different events scattered out throughout the world. We got a bunch of kids to Sweden for the World Jamboree in 2011, we got a bunch of kids to Japan in 2015. So really, uh, really passionate about the Boy Scouts. Uh, today I'm semi-retired. I have full control over my schedule. Um, when I came and started looking around, I guess, for things to do, I was going through a little bit of PMS in my life, uh, which is looking for purpose, meaning, and structure. And I think I've found that over the past uh, three months. Um, working with Reverend Patrick, um, we've, we've, we've accomplished a lot in the last 90 to 120 days. Uh, I've been pretty much full-time here since uh, 1st of September, pounding 40, 40 plus hours a week, going over the strategic plans of the past and uh, creating a new approach, I think, uh, with my entrepreneurial skills and so on and so forth, I'm kind of looking at from the outsider, looking in, outside the box. So we took a look at this uh, as far as a strategic plan is concerned in a holistic aspect, top-down, bottom-up approach. And, uh, you know, what we do, how we do it, why we do it, the education behind it, building the bench, the ministerial team here. Who do we have in the... You know, on the team, and 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 who do we need? Um, looked at the practitioners, the intern, board of trustees. What are our talents? Just a, a real big thing uh, to, to take part. Um, we looked at the financial aspects, all financial aspects, including the donation, resource development, expenses, income, fundraising, and the emergency fund. We found ways to increase our cash flow by utilizing the facility to pay better and increasing sales in the rental department on Crystal Beds. Membership. Who are our memberships and the policy? Tracking guests, etc. Communications. How do we communicate? What is the message we are disseminating? Asset management. Asset management, uh, as far as this building is concerned, we've, we've gone out and we looked at the old um, reserve fund study that was done in 2008. And we've uh, revamped that, and we have a new one coming down the pipe here, hopefully by the, before the end of December. 
and that'll give us another 10-year forecast as far as the engineer plan for the center. So that was a big undertaking. Um, Darren will talk a little bit more in regards to the, guilt, the building and grounds committee that we've uh, orchestrated to look after our asset. Uh, volunteer development, uh, making sure that our volunteers have the tools that they need. We looked at the organization as a whole and then the administration inside of it. And what do we need? How, how can we do better at what we do? Marketing. Um, we feel that marketing is a, is a big part of, of where we have to be going forward and how we're going to do it and why and what, what areas can we do better. Risk management. As a board and an organization, we all have risks and we need to manage those risks to create org organization charts and floor charts, charts to uh, make sure that we mitigate the risk wherever possible. Uh, this endeavor took over 280 man-hours between myself and Reverend Patrick, so a huge undertaking. And um, what we discovered throughout that exercise was where we need to go. We found the holes in our boat and, and, and what we need to do to, to, to go forward. So we, uh, we've created an action plan and over the next few months we're going to be rolling that out. Um, we're constantly looking for people to help us in our endeavors. And if you feel that you have a calling for the Board of Trustee or a subcommittee, we look forward to uh, your participation. There's a big lift that's going to happen, and it's going to take place here, and we need everybody's cooperation to help us get us to our goals and our dreams. Um, we'll start by identifying our membership, updating information from everybody over the past several years and sharing our plans in, as, at the center. We'll be driving for an education for education on the science of mind and incorporating the mission-centric ministry. We'll be transitioning into spirit groups and become more involved inside and outside the community. We'll be developing a web-based teaching that will attract people from all walks of life throughout the world. Um, I did a survey over the past four weeks, and if you guys haven't had a chance to fill the survey out, I've got some up here. So. Um, you know, we've got some people that participated in the survey, but we, we could use a few more people that want to put their thoughts and ideas down on this survey. And um, we'll just keep incorporating and building our list as, as far as where, where you as the membership want to take this community. Our goal is to double the, min the membership every year and outgrow this existing facility by 2020. And we feel that these goals are achievable and they'll bring new life to the center. Uh, in closing, uh, we need everybody's help and energy to transform not only our lives, but the lives of so many others. And I look forward to the journey and hope everybody can catch a vision and support our new board as we grow and learn from each other. I'll just pass it on to Darren next, and he will talk about the uh, fourplex. Thanks, Steve. Um, I think we all... Uh, I don't think there's anybody here in the room that probably recognizes uh, how much of a contribution Steve has provided over the last uh, 128 days, better than Sue. Uh, it's, I, don't, I don't know if he has an office here yet. Uh, the solarium is probably the closest thing to his office, but at the end of the day, um, we wouldn't be where we are as a board without Steve and, of course, Jennifer, uh, everybody at the board. Um, to get back to the fourplex, uh, I'm not sure if, uh, who here is not familiar with uh, the fourplex, but it is the property um, just north of the sanctuary across the parking lot uh, that the centre bought in, back in 2010. Um, with the goal of potentially developing that parcel of land as a new, uh, new sanctuary or new operations uh, building. Um, over the years, Dr. Patrick spent a lot, great deal of time uh, managing that property and the tenants, uh, repairing boilers, uh, <laughs> everything else that we love him for that he really shouldn't be doing because that's not his job. <laughs> um, and eventually it came to light to a certain degree through better accounting practices that we weren't making money on the, on the fourplex or certainly not making the money that it was worth to have Patrick so engaged in that property. Um, so at the last AGM, 
uh, I presented the proposal to the membership that we should sell it. And that motion did pass, and we did take action as a board to list the property. Uh, we had a great response. Um, we had a couple of offers uh, at different times with lots of showings. Uh, we eventually accepted a, an offer of $644,000 on that property and the sale did close, and we netted about $38,600 for the center on that sale. So it was a very, in, not, in retrospect, uh, it was very interesting because we used a refinancing of that center two years ago to put a new roof on this place, along with fundraising and other, other things. As Dr. Patrick said this morning in his talk, we've put $160,000 into our physical buildings over the last year and a half. So, and that fourplex helped facilitate some of that. Uh, it was, as we termed it last year, a bit of a forced savings account. So to a certain degree, it served its purpose, but we felt moving forward that it wasn't, uh, wasn't in alignment with what we were wanting to create for our centers. So in any case, it's, it's been great that it's um, gone in a sense. Uh, it's alleviated a lot of, uh, you know, time spent and energy uh, drained. Um, I know Doug would probably speak to that a little bit too on the finance committee for so many years and that was a challenging piece. Um, so in any case, uh, if there's any other questions about the fourplex, please feel free to grab me afterwards or send me a quick email or give me a call anytime. My phone number's on the back of the program uh, for every Sunday service. Uh, for myself, my wife Tanya and I have been coming together uh, to the center for over seven years. Uh, we were married in this very sanctuary uh, three and a half years ago. Um, I've taken a few classes, as has she. She's taken many classes. Uh, and I made the decision in the fall of 2015 to uh, put my name forth to be on the Board of Trustees. I had just come back from a meditation retreat, a 10-day retreat in the South Alberta, uh, southern Alberta, and realized that I can do all my inner work uh, that will help transform my life, but what I felt was missing was my sense of community. And this really, as Dwayne said, this is home. This was my spiritual home, and so I needed to be a better steward of my spiritual home. And so putting my name forth to be on the board um, and joining the board in the spring of 2016 was, uh, was a big step for me in starting to take responsibility for the center. Um, I believe that one of my greatest gifts is my ability to help others see, from, see things from another perspective. Um, I've been on this spiritual path for over 20 years, and as I said, um, I've had a wonderfully, range, uh, wonderfully wide range of experiences, uh, and I've begun and to realize that cherishing this community is a big piece of, uh, of where I need to be. Um, joining my, the board was certainly my way of deepening my sense of community and uh, being of service to gift my gifts. Uh, for a career path, uh, I've, <laughs> I've been all over the map. Uh, it's funny because I belong to a networking group and we meet every Friday morning for breakfast. And uh, about every year and a half, two years, we have to do a presentation to the entire membership on our company and who we are. And I have this, uh, this PowerPoint that I've done a couple of times and it has uh, the logo for my company, which is a large stylized A. And I had Tanya, put footsteps on the A in all these different directions because it really points out that my career path has been, it's been a mess. But it's all perfect, it's all perfect and it's exactly where it's supposed to be. Uh, these days I, I'm part of the ownership group of two different painting companies, uh, Applied Color and Venger Electrostatic Coatings we just purchased uh, this summer, which certainly added to my workload as well. But um, they're both engaged in the commercial painting industry in Edmonton. Um, as for being on the Board of Trustees, um, one of the most important pieces for us is what I've termed the growing up of the centre, and, and it follows what Patrick was talking about today in his talk. We need to transform, we need to begin to understand what it means to um, be stewards of this great place that we all call home. Um, in particular, from my role, uh, we needed to establish some very strong committees. Um, you know, when I joined the board, there were um, oh, one committee, really, there was the finance committee. Uh, there were some others to a certain degree, lesser or more, um, but fairly, you know, undefined. So as a board, we needed to take the helm of that. We needed to take ownership of that as a board and really set the tone for what we wanted to see. 
And as individual board members, we needed to begin to spearhead those committees and organize those committees and be the accountable members for those committees. So we've established terms of reference for eight different committees, uh, including the Building and Grounds Committee, the Youth Committee, the Outreach Committee, Membership, Communications, Marketing, Fundraising, and which was already established, the Finance Committee. Um, so that has been a huge lift uh, that we are, we basically completed now. Uh, now becomes the even bigger lift of, of staffing those committees. Um, for myself, I jumped on the bad wagon of the Building and Grounds Committee, um, but there is so many people to thank. Uh, Deb, thank you for your contributions. Mark, you've been amazing um, as an, putting in so many hours of effort around this place. Um, so we continue to look for people to, to contribute in those ways. Um, and you'll hear more and more about that as the days and years go by. Uh, we won't succeed as a center without volunteers putting in the hours to do things like mow the lawn, to look at things like stacking chairs, to do things like pounding signposts, to, um, you know, all those little pieces that go into maintaining this place on a daily and weekly basis. So that's been my committee that I've been kind of spearheading, I guess. Uh, Don Meidinger, who couldn't be here today because he's in Calgary nursing his sick mom, uh, has, has been, you know, organizing our pool of volunteers. Um, and that continues to finally, I think, Sue would be able to hopefully say this, but we're hopeful that at some point it will alleviate a lot of the challenges or a lot of the demands on the operations team so they can actually focus on, on operations instead of maintenance. Uh, it also, as Steve said, starts to get us looking down the path at what is the next thing that we need to set capital aside for. Um, as you've probably noticed, there are brick repairs that need to happen next year. There, are, there is a list of, of about 30 different items that we've identified already that need to be done so that this sanctuary and the op office buildings continue to be operational. And uh, so it's, it's a lot of work and we need to continue to work on those things to make sure that we have a great place to come to. Uh, communications, as, as Dwayne said, has been a big committee uh, and will continue to grow between him and Rudy. Uh, fundraising has been something that Steve has spearheaded kind of as an offshoot of the finance committee. Uh, yeah. And of course Steve's on the finance committee and then our newest board member, Gustavo, has uh, been you know, starting to engage in what we would call the membership committee. And it, that's part of the mission-centric model is reestablishing what it means to be a member. So those terms of reference are very important to our, our future. Um, I think that's it for me. Um, who's coming after me? Rudy? So I'm going to leave it to Rudy to introduce himself. And uh, thank you all. Thank you. Okay. Good afternoon. Uh, Jennifer told us that we each had to say something about ourselves and our past. Uh, so anyway, I'm the elder on the board, which means I'm the oldest one. And to give you an idea of how old I really am, I was born and raised on a farm in Saskatchewan, just south of Saskatoon. When I was little, I can remember very clearly that we did not have any plumbing. We didn't have electricity or phones. I went to school in a one-room, one-teacher classroom, and there were eight of us, and the one teacher taught all eight grades. Um, I walked, we, my sisters and I, walked to and from school each day, and I am totally convinced that it was uphill both ways. <laughs> I was one of very few in those days lucky kids who got to go to university and I gained a degree in engineering. Then in 1965, I married my soulmate, Margie. She's here. We have three sons. The oldest son gifted us with three grandchildren, and the second two have intellectual disabilities and have turned out to be our greatest teachers. My careers, and I use the plural, have spanned over 47 years. And I started out as an engineer, then went into 
project management, senior management, on to a bunch of executive positions on various places, and ended up um, and working in both the private sector, government, public sector, and not-for-profit organizations. My roles in the not-for-profit, not-for-profit, not doing well, <laughs> not-for-profit organizations is probably the most relevant to what we're trying to do now. And I'm very grateful for all the organizations and all of the not-for-profit fu functions that I was allowed to carry out. I'm pretty well retired from most of them now, but there's still a few that I'm sitting on. Now, since we became immersed in the new thought process a long time ago, long before we came to the center. And I am persuaded that the principles and ways of thinking and feeling are what is needed in our chaotic times. I'm a first-generation Canadian. Uh, my parents and grandparents came to this country and were very grateful to be allowed in as refugees. Uh, I think that we live in the most wonderful country in the world. We really do. Now, we have become highly evolved technically, physically, and we've achieved in, in North America, we've achieved a level of wealth and abundance that was only dreamed of by previous generations. But something has happened. And I think Einstein put it the best, and I'll read his quote. The intuitive mind is a sacred gift, and the rational mind is a faithful servant. However, we have created a society that honors the servant, which is the rational mind, and has forgotten the gift, which is an intuitive mind, living from the heart. We've forgotten that. I have a vision. My vision is that the center will become a platform for our community. Our families, our government, our business leaders, and politicians to dialogue, to study, and to connect in order to reclaim the gift of living heart-centered lives. This transformation, I believe, is absolutely essential if we are going to survive as a society. Okay. That's why I joined the board. And that's why we're here today. Our board is brand new, as uh, you've already heard. Uh, we've all, most of us have only been on the board for seven months. So we're very new. And we're still learning. And what we found when we started, and I can only, I'm very, I'm, to me, my perception, and I'll be very blunt, was that we took over a ship with serious leaks and breakdowns so that it is floundering and financially unsustainable in its present state. It is not going to be a matter of taking the balance sheet and the income statement and playing around with numbers. And Steve has already outlined that, and that's why it's been taking so many hours and so much dedicated hard work to begin to get a handle on this thing. We quickly realized we weren't going to resolve our issues unless we be made some fundamental shifts. We were drawn to the mission-centric process and model as championed by Dr. Gary Simmons, and Reverend Patrick invited him to our center in October, and a lot of you were there. The response was overwhelmingly positive, and our takeaway as a board from the Q process thing is that you as a membership are also ready to shift. So, I suggest that in some ways, I love the analogy, you've heard the analogy to hockey a number of times already today, that we as a center are like the Oilers. We have all kinds of talents and assets. We've got talents that we haven't even, aren't even totally aware of yet. We have a beautiful facility. 
an eager membership, a leadership team, and a brand new board who want to make a difference. That's where we're at today. Like the Oilers, we need to start by refocusing. And we as a board believe that the mission-centric program is the process that has the potential to begin to turn this ship around. And like I said, it's not going to be simply a matter of playing with balance sheets and numbers. It's going to be much, much more fundamental than that. And you as a membership are telling, you, telling us that you want to get on board. So, during the next couple of months, starting today, we will be rolling out the details of the mission-centric process. The process is actually quite simple, but it is not easy. It is tough, and it is hard, and it's going to take time, and it's going to take energy. And it's going to require, like the Oilers, that our team, our membership, pulls, to get, pulls on the oars together with the leadership. The first step will be to refocus, to transform our paradigm, to transform our vision of our center, both individually and collectively, to a new vision, a new consciousness, so to speak, and we're starting today. Thanks. Who's next? Thank you, Rudy. First, I want to say thank you for everybody for being here and staying late today on Great Cup Weekend. So for that reason, I'll keep it very, very short. <laughs> My name is Gustavo Guzman. I'm the newest member of the board. So for that reason, I have the least amount of things to say about everything that has been done. But what I would like to say is um, how proud I am for dedication of all these people here and the hard work that they do. Uh, when I came into the first meeting, they had been working together for a while. And just coming in there and seeing how hard they work and how really they pay attention into moving in the same direction and taking the board and the community in the same direction is just fantastic. And for that, I say thank you. Thank you all. Um, a little bit of my history with the center. It is short, but it's been very powerful for me and for everybody around me. You know, I came to the center about a year and a half ago to do a work, a job here, and I found myself doing working on myself, and that's been fantastic. I was looking for balance in my life, and I found it here. I found the tools to work toward that balance. Um, I joined the uh, membership committee, and with that membership committee, we've been uh, doing a lot of uh, meetings and talking about how to identify the membership, how to create uh, more engagement within the membership and the board, and how to communicate and generate those lines of communication, and how to increase, increase that membership. So. Moving forward, there will be um, a lot of things that we do that you will see uh, for us trying to gather information, trying to update a lot of the uh, membership information so that we can establish who we all are and make sure that we have everybody's information the way that it needs to be. And my vision for the center is that, you know, the same tools and the same message that hit me and allow me to make the changes that I needed to make in my life and, and create a better life for myself and all those around me is that that message goes out there into everybody that needs that message, which in my opinion is everybody. Thank you for being here and thank you for listening to us. Yeah, not on the program is Alicia. So we're gonna hear from Alicia who's managed our youth program, for our team program for so long and done an amazing job. And then I'm going to ask Dale to, to give you a brief update on marketing before we divide into groups. So. My name is Alicia Cluche-Parcels. Um, I'm not on the program because I didn't know if I could be here this week. I've been going, my life's going through a lot of transition, different jobs, different things, so commitments have been taking me other places. Uh, I am the youth adjunct member on the board. Um, which means I'm non-voting, uh, but I there, I'm there, I advocate for the youth, and I get to hold space and be part of the board meetings and on committees and things like that. I was also the secretary for, um, I want to say, over a year now, but I have recently stepped down from that role due to all these extra commitments that are coming into my life. Um, so I have been on the board since... I think March 2016, so it's been about a year and a half. Um, I've been coming to the center, actually my name is on the plaque of the first 100 members because when I was born, my grandparents were board members. 
Um, so I, and I started coming like of my own volition because I wanted to when I was 14. I joined the teen group and it really changed my life completely. Um, this has been my spiritual home um, for over 15 years. So, um, hmm. I graduated out of the teen program when I was 18 and I started um, leading or helping with leading teen group at 19. Uh, 20 and 21, and then stepped away, came back when I was 23, and now I'm the um, leader of the whole program. I facilitate it, I create the workshops, um, so I'm really involved in that, and I get to take the teens to our summer camp in California every year, and if you were here last week, you got to see us talking and sharing about how it's transforming the lives of these youth, and that is why I do this. I do it voluntarily every Sunday and um, other days of the week when I'm you know, preparing what I'm going to do and buying supplies and writing workshops because I see how much it transforms the lives of these teens and the way that it changed my life and has allowed me to step into my power. And um, I really believe that the younger that we can get people starting to connect to their power and speak their truth and think for themselves and start to look in their own spiritual journey that, you know, the more empowered adults that we're going to have leading the world. So that's why I'm here is because it, it's what I want to see the world. I want to see this place everywhere that I turn. And um, if anybody has ever had the chance to go to summer camp, um, I know Reverend Patrick and a couple of leaders um, that are still part of this community have. It's, it's on this bigger global scale, and there's 500 teens and advisors facilitating workshops, and it's a week long, and it's, it totally changed my ability to see, like, this could be the whole world. Like, you're just in this bubble of love and empowerment and truth. So um, that's what I want to see for the world, and that's why I, I'm here doing this work. Where did Dale go? I'd really like Dale to say a few words because she's done so much. Ex officio board member, she may as well be full-time board member. <laughs> yes, I'm infiltrating. I'm the non-board person here today. Um, hi, I'm Dale. And uh, uh, Bill and I have been coming to the center for about eight or nine years now. Uh, Bill, my far better half, you can say hi to him, he's back there every Sunday. <laughs> and uh, yes, he's the bridge behind the operation. Um, I'm here to talk to you just briefly on two initiatives. One is um, uh, just a, 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 an initiative that was started actually in July. Um, and what it is, is I, I was just sitting back there, you know, moved by a particular talk that happened. Um, and you know, like, you know, there's always, every Sunday, there's something that can motivate or spur, you know, spark um, the spirit. And uh, I, I just thought, you know, I want, I want more people to hear about this. There was so much, I'm a bit of a news junkie, so there was a lot of uh, hate and vitriol that has been happening, it seems more so lately than in the past number of years. And uh, so I thought, well, how can we spread the word? Because the messaging in the center is so universal. And, uh, if, uh, and, and the fact that it's so, uh, it includes, you know, we draw from many spiritual teachers, as you know. So I decided to, with the wonderful um, input of, of some of the people here and Patrick and Laura, we came up with this, uh, there was a coffee house that was set for the end of August. So came up with this pamphlet, and uh, we distributed this pamphlet. It's ba basically, uh, you know, it says, something wonderful has been happening here in the community. You might have seen it. This is the first one we did um, in uh, July. And we delivered it to the, all these ambassadors. We didn't want to call them volunteers because they were representing the center, so we called them ambassadors. And uh, they, they, within a kilometer radius of the center, 
um, we delivered these pamphlets. And then we held the coffee house, and the coffee house was wonderful. And because Otwell and, and the surrounding area, there's, there's a, a large demographic or lar people that are here, there's a lot of older people here. And, and they aren't they weren't really aware, um, or many of them weren't aware of what we do, what this building is. Many of them thought this was still a Catholic church. So we decided, well, you know, maybe we should do this again because it was a decent response. So we came up with this one, which is almost identical, but it describes in the back the three, um, the next three months, the, uh, it's October, November, and December messaging of uh, transformation, abundance, and light for December. And it's, it's another invitation, you know, come up, this is who we are, what we do, etc. cetera. And um, uh, Darren, if you could bring up the graph. Um, so this is, I don't know if you guys are into data. I love, I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to data, but uh, this is post um, post flyer drop. So you can see that overall there is uh, an increase that has been happening slowly but surely. You know, we're taking, this is attendance for both the, the uh, first session and the second session. So um, it is a gradual increase and I think it is the average for attendance was about 60 po uh, pre the coffee house and now it's about 82, I believe the average was. So that's all lovely and wonderful. Um, the other um, thing that I wanted to talk to you about is uh, one of the initiatives that I'm very, very excited about. And it comes from the Association for Global New Thought. Uh, and it is the, uh, the season of nonviolence. I think you've heard Patrick talk about it. So what this is, is 64 days of uh, marking um, Mahatma Gandhi and Martin Luther King Jr.'s passing. And the work, the a tribute to the work that they've done. Now, this was, Season of Nonviolence was actually founded in 1998. And if you, if those of you who have access to computers and smartphones, um, uh, go to agnt.org, Association for Global New Thought. And the program that's there, the resources that are there are astounding. What we have done as Center for Spiritual Living, we're, we have booked City Hall. We're diving in, go big or go home, right? So uh, we're diving in and we have booked January 30th to April 4th. We have booked January 30th for the opening ceremonies and April 4th for the closing ceremonies. And we are just continuing to put this program together. It's 10 a.m. At, at City Hall, and City Hall is getting on board with us. We're, we're so excited about some of the things that are just starting to take shape. But we have uh, speakers from the Métis community to the Muslim community, and we have music, and uh, we're going to lay out our initiatives. What are our goals? What do we want to do? Now, the wonderful thing about this is you don't have to be attached to a computer uh, to, to initiate some of this activity for the season in nonviolence. What it is, is anything from random acts of kindness that you can initiate when you see the opportunity. And I'm sure you do this, but this is the season that we're going to generate. And uh, I think like Jennifer said, throwing a stone into the, the lake, these ripples will intercede and, and, and spread out. And uh, it's a very powerful thing, you know, and it makes you feel good. So um, we are also going to be, there's going to be a, a few more uh, events that are more um, solidified, but some that are floating is during the 64 days, if there is um, an event of hatred, some kind of thing that enrages, that takes, that you need to take a stand, um, could you bring up the second slide, Darren? One of the things that we're going to do, I mean, Mahatma Gandhi knew that nonviolence was the way. So what this is, this is not, I found this online and I've, I've posted it before. This is a new form of protest. Now these people are like-minded with the Association for Global New Thought. No yelling, no screaming, no fighting. A more efficient form of protesting. Thousands of people standing in complete silence, protesting in squares and public places in Turkey, baffling the police by creating a calm curiosity instead of tension and aggression. Now, I've seen, I've seen pictures from this that were, 
it, the, 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 the riot police were just standing there like, um, okay, so, you know, they were all standing in silence. Uh, thousands of people just standing there at the government store going, you know, obviously that silence was deafening and they caused change. So this is some of the, th the initiatives that we're going to do. If there is a, an event of hate, uh, terrorism, whatever it is, within the 64 days, we are going to mobilize. So I have a sign-up sheet, and we'll continue to have the sign-up sheet for, throughout the, uh, every Sunday. If you want to just sign up, all you have to do is just leave your name and a way to get a hold of you, like a phone number or email or whatever. And, uh, and you can just have us keep tabs on, on how, what you uh, are doing, or you can join us for some of these other events. Please come and join us for the City Hall event, January 30th, and then the April 4th closing ceremony. We're going to celebrate all that we have accomplished in this, in this initiative. And it's just one of many exciting initiatives that are happening. So thank you for letting me speak to you today, and I'll hand it back to the board. Thanks. I noticed we have a mind movie and a video, but I, it seems to me that you've heard enough, and I'd really like you to consider in groups where you sit, uh, just talk to each other and we'll come around and gather the information from you about what does transformation mean to you? Because all right, us talking about our transformation, but what would it mean to you? Because we're not always in the same place. So one way of beginning that conversation for you is to actually talk about it with someone else. So right, so we'll just pop around and you can... How many per group? Oh, one, well, how many of us are there? One, two, three, seven, seven of us, so I don't know. Five. And sometimes there may be more than five. <laughs>